Hello and welcome back to the Age of Empires, or ASAP Weekly uh, Age of Empires podcast. I know I changed the name. It, it, it doesn't matter. It really makes no real big difference. Um, I'm joined by Egg. How's it going, Egg? Hello. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Chris may join us. Uh, he may not. It'll be a surprise. It's like a, um, you know, spin of the dice. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he makes it in. Uh, yeah. The first thing we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. We're not gonna waste any time. Um, I really want to talk about this day nine series. So he's been he's been streaming on Twitch and getting a lot of viewers, but also his there's the YouTube vods that he puts of the streams after, and I've been following that way. Um, and I think these vods are brilliant for people that know nothing about Age of Empires, right? I think I think I think they're entertaining for those who know about it. Um, but him f- figuring out the process of like what stuff does and having some uh some strategy that he's like i need a strategy that works 40 percent of the time is the correct strategy right and the idea behind this and i think this is really funny as i was watching a lot of these streams is a lot of people were like okay giving him hints on what to do what to do and he's like it's great it's great that you're giving me all these tips right um but there's a thousand things to learn in rts and i want to learn just these five right now right um and i think that's really important for someone getting new to it especially new to rts or new to age of empires is that if you just tell them everything that there is to learn, they're not going to learn anything. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, I need to memorize like this million details. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess like he spent a lot of the first time literally figuring out what units do what, getting some general general rough estimates of what you should be looking forward to. Um, and he had this like, this constantly changing uh, elite ma- uh, like elite planning document. Um, and essentially all it said was, these are the it's just general... a notepad, right? Yeah, the yeah, notepad it's just a notepad. <laughs> yeah. um, and all I was saying was just like the general things he's looking toward, right? And I think it's brilliant because, you know, uh, I think I think with Chris we talked about like for instance he had to like him and hockey's for instance something that he he didn't even think about, right? So if you're learning the game and your goal is to just to learn all the hockey's and to know where they are and start using control groups, like you want to have the most basic and basic basic idea of the game. And just get used to memorizing what you have to click with your keyboard before you can even think about strategy, right? So I think I think this kind of I thought it was brilliant because there's so many people just being like, "Oh, but you need to do this, you need to do this." He's like, "I'm not worried about winning the game right now. I'm worried about learning all the basics." Um, and I thought I thought for someone who's new, it's really good, especially for someone who hasn't played an RTS or specifically Age of Empires. I think it's really good for them. So if you're introducing someone to the game. And you don't know where to start. And honestly, I feel a lot of people don't know where to start. Um, I think it's pretty good. Just seeing him try to figure it all out. Right. Uh, yeah. What are your that's, takes on it, Egg? <laughs> that's good, Lizzie. Just for a little bit of context, for people like myself who aren't too familiar who Day9 is, <laughs> have you got a bit of background on the guy? Yeah. Day9 was a StarCraft 1 pro player. Uh, I believe he won the American WCG Championships in 2005 or 2006. So he was a StarCraft Brood War, which obviously, if you want to know where did esports come from, like, where, where did, why did Korea become such a powerhouse? It was because of that game uh, in StarCraft. Um, and then in StarCraft 2, he was a commentator. He was a caster, but he was most famous for something called the day nine dailies. And these were essentially, um, he kind of break up the week and he'd have these one and a half hour to two hour shows that he put on YouTube or, or blip TV, I guess before. Um, and these things were essentially, you know, one day was like a strategy day. 
one day is for beginners um one day is like a fun funny day like they send in replays and they he challenges people to do silly stuff and so um he was probably and is probably the biggest name from starcraft 2 um during its you know during the, the during the peak days uh you know um but you know i i don't think if you go into them don't expect the best player in the world right but do expect like a ridiculous amount of uh micro for someone who you who you think is like supposed to be terrible at the game you know terrible at the game and then has like four knights that he micros like intently <laughs> and i remember there was one game i was watching and he's just like four four knights essentially won him the whole game while he was just like trying to figure out his build still um so there, there's some funny stuff like that that happens but you but like if you're expecting pro play that's not where you're gonna get here you're gonna get someone who's really good at learning things and so if you want to know how to learn a game that you don't know anything about i think it's a great start any any other questions that you have about him no, no, I was just going to say, obviously, he's got the RTS pedigree from what you said, and you get to then see him, uh, you get to follow the process of understanding, learning the game. I know I jumped in on his stream once or twice, and I saw, uh, I think the first time, he was absolutely shocked about this unit that he'd never seen in the tech tree, and, uh, <laughs> which was the uh, hand cannoneer. Didn't he just, did he just dismiss it? Was that the one where you dismissed it as a joke? Oh, I don't know if a joke, but he's just no, like, No, ah, I mean, he was, just a, he was just really surprised. He was like, what's this unit? Where does it come from? So he was like following the tech tree. Like, oh, you got archer, crossbow, arb. Huh. It's this different unit, right? And, and maybe you're right. He said, oh, I'm not going to worry about this for now. And it is a very niche unit. And to be honest, you can get away without having to really think too hard about the hand cannoneer until it's used against you at some point. But then you'll learn, you'll pick it up quickly, won't you? Yeah, I, I think to, to the point of his stream, anything that was like information that was so far from where he's at, he just dismissed. And I think from a learning perspective, you kind of have to do that, right? You kind of have to be like, okay, what's some general things that help me? And then the more games you play, the more you'll be like, okay, there's this one thing that I'm noticing. How do I fix this, right? And then you kind of build from there. So I think I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, no, I. The best is when he was arguing, or chat kept getting angry at him for like, why don't you do this and this thing? And he's just like, no, I, I, that's not the point right now. The point right now is for me to learn the, learn how to walk. <laughs> Does you know, he play learn ranked? How to crawl. <laughs> what were you going to say? Does he play ranked? He, I, I think once he, once he kind of got a sense of what he wanted to do, he just played ranked. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know what his account's called? So I can look at uh, it. Up currently oh I'm, I'm very curious I, I i imagine it's not that high but uh no no sean, like how do you find it oh sean it was oh, here let me let me quick quick things okay let me let me just uh let me just find this you know on 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 screen you're kind of curious what rank he is now yeah just to see where he's at and then we can perhaps have an update in a later podcast right oh if he's like, moving on up or and i know you're saying his, his priority is not rating his priority is to learn but over time you you will see the see the progression right just naturally and i guess the cool thing is is that he did say he's enjoying it so he'd be sticking around i think he played it like one day last year right like one one individual day um but he what's the word yeah he he played it i think like one individual day but now he's actually playing a little more um yeah give me give me two seconds here i'm, I'm going through his videos 
I know he plays shots. without the score. He plays without the score on. I'm doing the same thing, right? And because he's I got, it, I got it, I got on, it, I got it. It's uh, Sean Doe, S E A N D O. There. You I go. don't think he's played enough games that he actually comes up on the leaderboards. He needs to play oh, at so least you, ten. Oh, you have to play at least ten. Yeah, and then you can come up on like AOE two dot net. Then then you can look up. Now the alternative is you give me one of his opponents, and then I can look up what they are. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's. Uh, okay, well, I can give you what the opponents were in the beginning, but this is also the beginning, so. Like, oh, I don't know. The end. Here, the end game a... screen also tells you the rating, right? Uh oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Are we gonna see it at the end screen here? Well, we're about to find out. What if he hides it? What if he's secretly hiding it? Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I feel like regardless, I, I think it's worth the watch. Um, I'm going to link in this particular episode to episode six, where he kind of does a 10 minute recap. Of oh, I've got process. it. Yes. Yeah. So he's just hovering at the moment around one mm-hmm. K. So this is really good for average players. So he is at the moment an average player. And over time, we'll see him, I presume, kind of progress and learn new things, try new strats. And, uh, that'll be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of like that he's going a little bit blind in some ways. Like, like he has looked at replays and stuff and kind of followed some of those. But there, there's a certain things that, that he's like, yeah, I'll just figure it out on my own. You know? Yeah, he's there's... following his own process, right? He's not trying yeah. to copy someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see uh, we'll see where it leads. That we can maybe give an update in, in the future episodes. Um, yeah, I just yeah, one, I want to say I was I was gonna link to episode six because I fr- think the first ten minutes kind of wraps up. He talks about like his process, like the way he kind of thinks about the game. So I think that'll be pretty cool for listeners, especially if you're trying to get someone new to the game to start. Maybe, maybe not being overwhelmed by being like, oh, there's a million things on the tech tree I need to remember. Um, yeah, but uh, that that's really all I want to say. I, I don't know if you have anything further, Egg, to, to talk about. There. I just want to say hello, Chris. Oh, Chris. Hello, gentlemen. I'll yes, say good hello. evening, but I guess podcasts don't really have times, do they? It's so good, good evening morning. for me, so I'll good take lunch, it. Um, good everything, yeah. <laughs> um, good afternoon for, but, for, uh, for yeah, myself. Sorry, sorry for lateness, guys, but um, I'm sad I've missed the start, but uh, I'll try and catch up with quality of content. We'll see. All, all good, all good. Actually, I want to, while Egg's here, I kind of want to get Egg's take on, like we're going to transition right in, and we're going to go right into the uh, Hidden Cup 4, and I wanted to first start by asking Egg what he thought of some of these maps. Because I think Chris made a great like kind of summary of some of these maps that we're looking at. Uh, what did you feel about the maps in Hidicum 4? Especially the, the special ones. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so just a random thought to throw out there to Maybe you guys. The, yeah, whichever one you thought was the most interesting. Or... Well, my random thought is that we've kind of got a map duplication for me. Uh, and that's bypass and mm-hmm. hideout. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. So hideout's <laughs> the one in the default game, and then bypass is the same map, but there's also a route through the middle. But they're so similar. I, I would say my view is you have one or the other, and you have uh, bypass because that's the custom-made map for this. So that's that's just a thought there. That I found that a little bit weird. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So was was out in the map pool as well for that? I I kind of just assumed that it replaced it as kind of a no. A they were both they were both in the map pool. <laughs> so the person who had something right. for those maps had like the same, or had might have you might have had more practice on. Uh, it's a very small a- adaptation. 
Like, yeah. so one of the things that players do at the start is that they go to the middle bit and they wall it. But other than that, mm. it's very, very much the same map. It's conceptually, it's exactly the same map where you've got a center wood line and then your base is on the outside of that and you can go around the sides or you can go through the middle. And that happens mm. in that happens in hideout games as well because you cut the middle. Ah, okay. So I did actually look very forward similar. To it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, look, I did. I did look forward to it um, because it, it sounded like a novel twist on it, and that's that was on paper. To be honest, I think in practice, uh, at best, you got maybe a minute's worth of interesting <laughs> exchanges in the middle. I, I did. I do remember one particular one where there was a bit of monk interplay going on and some attempted walling of each other's gates. But um, other than that, that's that was kind of pretty short-lived uh and then once once the walls are up then it all gets a bit fat slob and blocked off and forgotten about for an hour so yeah it basically turned into hideout after that initial bit of novelty yeah i like the map i think it's actually an improvement i i would say that it's bypass is a better version of hideout but it's weird to have hideout as well as an option mm, <laughs> just, yeah. just I, use I, the I mean, better use the use hideout version too you don't need <laughs> the original that's it uh yeah for sure I think one of the things for me that was most interesting was some of these island maps. The fact that the players kind of had to... Like, as soon as you have a map where it's like, no, you have to build docks, I feel like a lot of this, the general strategy... There's like a general strategy that you can use on a lot of maps or just general gameplay, right? If, if that makes sense, uh, that you might use. And then as soon as you have islands, you kind of have to figure out what you're doing with docks, which which is if you're So using. islands is a full water map, right? And the other yeah, ones yeah. are all, I would call hybrid. There's quite a lot of hybrids, yeah. 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 So yeah. you have the choice and it's kind of a decision-making thing, how much you commit to water. But with, with islands, you have to play water. It's the only way to play it. I mean, you can exactly. land them, but in order to land them, you have to play water. Yeah, and then you're always going to need the supply chains behind that as well, aren't you? So, you know... If you land your villager, get a couple of production buildings up, you're always going to be shipping trebuchets over, faffing around. So it's not really about the one-off sneak, is it? You do have to maintain that control of your landing area. Oh, it's very hard to get. It's very hard to get rid of them once they establish. Like if the once the vills land and you start, if you, and you get a building up, it's then very mm. difficult to. It's like a like a pest that you can't. They're like cockroaches. You can't get. Yeah. You have to get the exterminators in. You just can't get rid of them. And I say that's happened to yeah. us in like when we play tournament games. Um, and I say in a tournament we did play, we got douched on Team Islands. Uh, say it's Persian douche in the last game you said, wasn't it? Yeah, it was dreadful. Very effective, very effective strategy actually. Um, but yeah, the islands you have to fully commit. But then the other maps like Four Lakes, which we saw again, these hybrid maps. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the hybrid maps really, like Mudflow, very interesting map. That's a new one we're not seeing. High tides cup as well um bay so a lot of hybrid maps here that certain players are much stronger on and certain players can't play islands oh. uh i am thinking <laughs> of, i am thinking of the final yes oh yeah absolutely good old vietnamese on the water there all right let me um, let me before we jump into maybe the uh, actual gameplay uh let me just introduce kind of some some things i want to say before we talk about uh, the results and the, the reveals um, first thing I want to make mention of was the fact that this was a tournament funded by Microsoft, $57,000 for the prize pool. Um, there's also an additional, um, uh, donor. Is it provided... $1 per sub? Yes. Per Twitch subscriber, yeah. there's $1 being sent, uh, to the tournament and also someone else separately, uh, gave 5,000. 
making a total of $87,240 USD split among the players. So, uh, Which is a nice payday. That is a nice payday. Um, And uh, so I'm 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 really, you know, I really like that Microsoft is backing the game, backing the tournament. Um, Viewership, I think we succeeded of getting getting over 60,000 at the peak viewership um so that that's tremendous that's amazing um a little bit disappointing that t90 didn't go bold i've got it yeah it was was a hundred thousand yeah if he got to a hundred thousand he'd shave his head um and turn into an egg like me um but unfortunately fell a little bit short of that i you know what though he he gives us something to work toward you know uh in the future um but regardless i think aoe has been the healthiest it's been in, in forever. I, I I feel I don't know. I just feel like every tournament it seems like we're getting slightly more and slightly more. So oh, it's great. Hidden Cup's grown year on year. I think you'll mm-hmm. see like 10k more peak viewers every mm-hmm. Hidden Cup. And that's yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Seems to have the balance right, and um, I think is I think I touched on it before the kind of depth of relationship of T90 and the other organizers, um, sort of integration with the top players. So. So the, the kind of map modifications and tweaks really are quite attuned to what, what works on the, you know, as a sort of eSport to make it kind of interesting. Um, I, I think regardless of the prize pool, there really is a draw there for the top players to get involved. Um, it's, it's now got a name for itself as well. Um, it's, it's just worth it for the prestige alone, really. I think you touched on a really good point there, Chris, and that's the evolution and the balancing of the maps. So I think Hidden Cup 3 to Hidden Cup 4, there were map changes. So one I, on yeah. slopes, the boar generation was changed. So this year round, the boars spawn, both of them, at the back of the base. Yes. And that's yeah. that was a reaction just to how much laming was going on uh, <laughs> in Hidden Cup 3. Laming being like yeah. you run for it and kill their boar. <laughs> no, that... you don't kill the boar. You oh, use, okay. use the scout, and then you hit the boar twice, and it chases you, and then you bring it back to your town center. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Which is like totally a fair strategy but it, it can't get you know i guess i guess if you want you know the... it's underhand it's underhand as hell but <laughs> i mean the, the amount of skill that's involved in doing it and you need a bit of luck to dodge the their scouting i kind of think that you know there's merit to it even just for drama's sake if nothing else with this much money on the line though there's uh all the, the gloves players were complaining yeah 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 <laughs> and uh yeah so the lame and the thing is that laming mechanic creates very very one-sided games where it's almost won as soon as you pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. that you don't want that, right? I mean, I guess you want these people to get out of you know dark and feudal age and, and kind of duke it out in the uh, in the later stages where it gets more interesting, kind of seeing uh, everyone's strategy. Although that being said, you know there is something to early game pressure, but it seems in this game especially, it's like. Dark Age for most people is just a just an age to survive in, and nothing else. I know After Nilly little... came out with a video recently, basically saying we need to remove uh, Dark Age from ball... the game. <laughs> oh, no, ball laming <laughs> from the game. And and I don't right. quite I don't quite agree that it needs balancing. I think it's an interesting mechanic. It, as I said, things like making sure the balls spawn on the far side of the base to make it harder. I think that's a good change. I think it's about balancing it rather than just removing it entirely. Even if you address the pace that boars move at uh, in relation to the scout. So conventionally, you know, you've got to micro the scout left and right, kind of kiting kind of thing to get it back. So it's quite labor intensive. But if you could kind of increase the pace differential between the boar and the scout, then you'd uh, that would be 
even harder and, and more worthy of, of trying it or it would put people off. I, I think for Probably the top players, it better. doesn't matter. Um, like they're not going to struggle with the mechanics of it. Hmm. Even myself. So I, I don't go left and right. I use stop. So I just run forward, stop, wait for the ball to catch up and then start running the scout again. Yeah, That's my, my mechanic to do it. Now, if you made it run slower, it would then make it easier for the enemy to block. So the way that you stop this ball lane is you actually take your scout, and ideally you want to get it in front of the enemy scout. You block the enemy scout, and then the ball kills the scout. Hmm. Or, Difficult to do that. It's tricky. Or, well, it's easier if they've got an eagle, because your scout's, your horse is faster, right? The other way you do it is you try and block the ball, but then they don't have to do anything. They can... If I see the enemy is trying to block the ball, I just stop my scout with the stop command, which I have as F, and then I just wait. And he's, been, he's blocking yeah. left, right, and I'm just standing there, and the ball's not de-aggroing because I'm not moving further away from it. Yeah, okay, fair play. And you could start attacking the scout if you wanted to as well. Oh, absolutely. Get the, get yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. so that that's why you put them at the back of the thing so you don't have to worry about it, <laughs> I guess, or worry about it less. It's a good map um, change, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue on here. Uh, starting to get into the results. Um, so the round of sixteen, obviously in the finals. I think the one thing that stood out to me, and obviously after we talk about this, you can bring up um maybe other players that stood out to you in the round of sixteen that got out. But Tato, unfortunately, had to face Hera in the first round, and I feel that was probably the most unfortunate for him because I think Tato, with with some other players, would have kind of wiped the floor in that first round, but he had uh, Hera in that particular case. And he arguably so. gave Hera the hardest time as well, right? Him and Viper give Hera the hardest time, as as, as I see. So, yeah, and it's, it sucks, because then he he's one of the players that gave him the hardest time, and yet, you know, he gets the round of 16 money, right? <laughs> so, uh, unfortunate in, in, in some ways. It's luck of the draw sometimes in these tournaments, I guess. Well, it's because they don't have, they have, this tournament is unique because it has random seeding. Mm-hmm. So with, and the reason they do that is so you can't figure out who is who. In a normal tournament, you design it so the two strongest players make it to the final, right? But in this tournament, because it's random seeding, because we don't want to know who the players are, you can literally have the top two players in the first match, and one they one of them goes out. I mean that makes it yeah, so I'd much more interesting that way. from a viewer yeah, perspective. I, I believe in the romance of the cup. I think it should it should be like that. And yeah, I think. <laughs> Top players should have um, they have no right to get to the finals. You know, look at blooming I tennis; it's it's silly. Um, so I think you've, it's better to um, yeah, it's better to have these shocks, especially in a tournament like this where there really is a feeling that it is prestige. It is the best of the best. Therefore, every guy who gets knocked out, there's no such thing as a sort of dismal first round defeat. It it really is creme de la creme. Um, so I, I'm fully behind that, and not everybody can win every time. Although Vipers had a very good go at it. I mean, listen, I, I think Tato is fine when it comes to money uh, in this game. I think he's doing fine. He tends to get good results. Uh, just unfortunate, I guess. But then again, like, there's another thing to be argued. It's like, if he wins that, maybe he has an easy job getting to the finals, right? Or, or getting a No, because he had, it was Leary next, so. Uh, okay. D- does he not have it was a very, It's just a very tough bracket. And that yeah. that goes to show how well Hera did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. effectively, he went through Tato, Leary viper and then into the final right the well, only person you, yeah. yeah yeah the only person you can't say uh, had an easy path to the finals was Hera. Uh, i feel 
Um, if you were to give him some of the hardest, like most difficult opponents, uh, this would be the list. Um, any other round of 16 players that stood out for you that got kicked out in round of 16? Um, or any other matches, perhaps? MBL and Vinchester went out first round, didn't they? That was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah, two Bizarre. good players. I think MBL was probably the most surprising that he, he did so poorly. Um, but fundamentally, and that's something we'll come on to, it just goes to show the form Jordan is on currently and how mm-hmm. much he's he's come up. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was the surprise of it. And I guess to get to the final, you've effectively kiboshed half of the bracket anyway. So <laughs> he, he was, I, I, was, I liked the theory of him in that there might be a few loose moments of you know, lack of match practice, but some really good old school techniques in there. Um, but no, he, he looks... You know, he was right, right in there with everybody and, and beating them. I was expecting it to be kind of a, a novelty slant on things and maybe, maybe get get past a couple and and then succumb. But you know, I'd never did you, When you watched MBL's games, did you feel like you could recognize those MBL right away? I'm either of you. I'm curious. Uh, did he get housed? <laughs> he might have. Yeah, he might he's have. usually pretty good at that. But I, I can't, if I'm brutally honest, I can't remember. I, I think I had a bit of a, um, a busy couple of days. I didn't manage to get through the volume of games I needed to for the first chunk of it. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Generally that makes sense. speaking, mm-hmm. he is very, um, you kind of, as far as working people out, he's he's more obvious than some because he's such kind of a, a mega boomer. He kind of, he just kicks on big time in the background. And um, Who's this? Yeah, you can Who's sort this? of. See, uh, MBL Another giveaway, and this is quite a specific one, is that he doesn't use multi queue. Ah, so it means when he queues unit, if you were watching his perspective, and when he queues units, they will get queued into buildings unevenly. So you might have one barracks producing five or something, and the other ones all producing two. Whereas if you use multi queue, it distributes it for you. Interesting. That's like a that's an MBL giveaway. Is he? Is that because of the fact that like the the previous version of the game didn't have the multi queue? Exactly. Yeah. So in yeah. the previous game, you cycled around all the buildings to do your queuing, but now you select them all, and then you click to yeah, queue yeah, you the units, the one mm-hmm. and it yeah. it automatically kind of distributes them evenly for you. But he doesn't do that such force of habit from the man. He uh, he always cycles around all of his buildings. That's a severe disadvantage sometimes. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, then again, it's like if he's practiced it so much, it's kind of hard to get, to get rid of that habit. Uh, let's let's continue on. Let's continue on to the quarterfinals here. Um, man, Doubt, obviously a big tournament winner. Uh, the previous, uh, what was it, the Wololo Cup? Um, he's the most recent, I guess, major Age of Empires winner. Uh, goes down to Mr. Yo. Um, although, of all the players to lose, I think Mr. Yo is a pretty... Uh, it's not, not, not a bad name to lose to, shall I say so myself. Um, that stood out to me as well. Obviously, Hera uh, beating Leary is a big one. Um, yeah, Leary's the youngest player, right? Leary's the really young player, if I remember. I think, yeah, Dark wasn't in it, was he? Because I know, I know Dark. Something he's kind of in his in his early teens, I think, and he looks even younger than that. I believe but, um, is Dark Russian. Sal's... Yes, he's got bright orange hair. And I remember and he went out out of the um, he went out God, on the it. islands game. Mm. And it's was it worked. against oh who was it uh, over no I can't quite remember who it was who knocked him out. R- regardless, yeah. I, I do want to I want to I do want to stay focused on the quarterfinals here. So how, how do you, yeah. did any any of these results surprise you here um, that you're looking at Mr. Yo over Doubt? Hera no, Bradford. I think they all make sense. I mean, maybe the bit of a surprise is just 
what form Hero was on. Mm-hmm. But again, like none of these results are particularly surprising. I know Doubt obviously did very well recently. Um, in fundamentally though, a different format. You know, Red Bull Wallaloo is an Empire Wars game mode. Oh, okay. and this is not Empire Wars. And I think maybe Doubt's strength is leads towards that. He was still playing with a very similar style, where he was very like much favoring kind of cavalry archers. And I guess yeah, I guess it's a very different style from that perspective. Doubt is I'm matching with him. Sorry, I can't carry on. Doubt is 35, by the way. That's pretty crazy. Oh, he's like so. the granddad. He's the granddad of mm-hmm. uh, Age of Empires too. Amazing. Amazing. What do you want to say, Chris? Yeah, uh, yeah I, was, I was just going to say, because he's been in the game for so long and he's been through so many kind of turns of the wheel in terms of, you know, HD and and uh, voobly days, is that, that's sort of a quoted phrase very frequently these days. But yeah, I imagine with him, there's a few more hallmarks of his game than others, whereby somebody like yourself, Egg, who came, kind of came in quite late, you're probably, everything's DE, all your hotkeys are probably DE, everything like that. Correct. Imagine that um, um, Doubt has some pretty old school techniques in there. He might, I think, did I hear that he accidentally cues some farms occasionally, things like that, just silly little things but just indicators that he's from a different era i, I can't pick any i think a big giveaway you know i think it's something like stable is on l and i believe the viper still has stable on l and that's a real legacy hotkey <laughs> yeah that, that, that seems it's so out of the way i can't imagine it so my state i have the grid hotkeys right yeah yeah so yeah. my stable is on e which is you know very comfortable where my hand is anyway but to reach all the way over to L, I don't know if he's just got giant hands. <laughs> I know, I know. In original Brood War Starcraft, the main like unit you'd use was an M. The Marine was an M. So you oh, alphabetic hotkeys are the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> like who? Let, forget ergonomics. Let's literally whatever unit it is. Let's whatever the name <laughs> starts with. That can be the hotkey. Yeah, you end up typing half the word there. I'm sure there's quite a lot of clashes in there. You know what's silly, though? From a memorizing perspective, I think you'd memorize it faster, but you wouldn't be able to practice it more faster. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a logic there, but in terms of game mechanics... Oh, it no, is grid, grid is... Listen, I don't think... like I think you can always adjust grid slightly. Like they're Definitely from ergonomics, you can make it like... You know, maybe you're, you're the button you press with your... Um, you know, may- maybe move them slightly one or two over. Like I know that some players like to experiment with that to get like some, some good ergonomic thing or whatever. But in general, grid is a vast improvement over every other uh, hockey layout that we've seen in any game. <laughs> and you memorize it really quickly, right? Like no matter what civilization you're playing, no matter what thing, you just look and you adjust and your brain kind of makes sense of it pretty quickly. The only hotkey that I have is not, that isn't ergonomic is the H for the town center. But that's such a legacy thing for me, I can't change it. It's impossible. I've got a little kind of up and down arrow on the side of my mouse, which I've got one of them as town center and one of them as idle villager. Um, so that that I've started to kind of cut that corner a little bit by using the mouse. But um, Ooh, controversial. Yeah, you know, here's me talking myself up from 800 ELO. I think Viper's going to be quaking in his Wait, boots. Wait, you're still not using hotkeys at your 800 deal? <laughs> <laughs> that makes me um, feel bad. <laughs> well, um, to be fair, I don't really use them. I use I use a couple, but um, uh, okay, I'm okay. I'm pretty slow. I've not played for a while, but um, 
it happens it happens yeah um okay let's let's continue on here i guess i just want to two things i want to mention viper versus hair probably the best series of of everything uh and as you were as it was going on i kind of had that feeling that it was a viper versus hair series just how close and how intense i'm gonna make a controversial statement here and that i would say this match should have been the final well yes i don't think that's controversial and i would say actually all the credit we're giving to jordan and he's playing fantastic and he's on a form no no one expected i still think probably viper is was the number two in this tournament but because it's um random seeding yeah yeah that match doesn't get to be the final yeah and i think as a final if you were to choose like you'd probably rather this viper i mean i'm gonna be honest i i I do kind of get tired of the endless rivalry of Viper versus Hera, the one and two, which I kind of see them as the one and two of, of Age of Empires. Um, but they definitely do also have the closest uh, finals, the closest games against each other. It, it feels to me that Hera is kind of on a crest of a wave. He's done a lot of time. He's practiced a lot and he's, he's kind of, he's still smashing his way through. He's been good for a long time, but he's, he's really starting to iron out a lot of his issues and he's, he's got a very clear pronounced playing style and he's definitely in the ascendancy mm-hmm. whereas i feel that viper could almost be a victim of his own success in that he's been up there for a long time i see him as having had kind of the you know the, the best of his own success on his only feet. loses to the winner of the tournament <laughs> well yeah yeah but i mean it's that he's had a period where he's been at the top and it's been kind of on him it's like okay you're the best now you've kind of got to go out there and start thinking of new crazy like new tactics new things um and he, he might he, you know you can get wrapped up in trying new things whereas actually it can be easier to kind of just be powering through on on a vein of form rather than be someone who people are kind of going after and identifying and i don't know it just feels like he's probably been sat there fairly precariously at the top of the tree well for yeah he's not time. just been the best he's been absolutely dominant so if you look at hidden cup three the final was viper versus Hera. And Viper won four zero. Mm. So, but we're seeing now the other players are catching up to him, and in this case, beating him. Yeah, and specifically, I feel Hera, that it's, I it's the kind of macro, isn't it, with Hera? He he seems to get his um, get himself fairly well established and just power through with production later on. Um, but I, I still feel that Viper is is a genius when it comes to some of the stuff he does in terms of his kind of. Uh, tricky micro play, obstructing people with with gates, things like that. He's um, he's pretty inspired, but it feels like because he spent so much time at the top, he's almost trolling and spending efforts in other directions just to throw people off the scent as to who he might be, and the the, the added complications that come with that that might make for a slightly kind of warped development of your own game as opposed to someone like Hera who's just been able to just crack on and and just push forward. And I think as well, like with with what I've seen in the last year of Age of Empires, where it seems like there is a momentum, especially behind the esports side of things, right? Um, I think there's a lot more players that are just motivated to play throughout the whole year, and not just kind of you know big tournament coming up. Let me let me play a bunch for a month, you know? Because I there's definitely some pros that I feel are that's the Leary approach, and I think Leary's yeah. a little bit unique in that that he only starts playing the game before a tournament, and that goes to show his talent. That he can spend yeah, most yeah. of his time playing other games like Dota 2 or whatever he plays. And then, all oh, right, big tournament coming back. Let's come and be one of the best in the world again. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So so I think I think there is something to that. It's like when you see that there's more tournaments, there's more cash prizes, you're definitely motivated to practice more. So I mean Hera as well, his stream is 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 doing tremendously well. Um so I, I think even just he could, he's pretty much a full time Age of Empires. Oh, I think he is. I think he actually yeah. he's postponed or he's taken a year out or whatever it is. He's kind of basically a college dropout now. <laughs> he's, he's gone right my future is in age of empires this degree can wait Fair and play though what well, he got must have taken about twenty thousand dollars out of out of hidden cup just there and you know give him six months there's going to be a fair few more cracks at, at decent cash so and he might be uh, it's hard to say I, I don't know the numbers you need on twitch but he could be making a decent enough living off of just Twitch and donos and subscriptions. I, I and... think if he has an average of two thousand viewers, that usually translate to a living wage. I think I think that's more than, and I don't know what the, that subscriber or or dono is part of it. But right now, for instance, like I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, right? In the last year alone, so tw- in in all of, um, let's just say 2020, okay. He has made uh, about twenty thousand dollars just just in tournament prize money. With this bonus, uh, he's made another sixteen thousand, right? Um, so I, and then on top of that, like I imagine he's making a, a very deep. Like there are some players where if you have only like a hundred viewers, you'd, I'd be worried about. But if you're averaging like two, three thousand people, I, I think on Twitch you are doing more than okay. Uh, so I can totally see it and. Yeah, he's only really been starting to get this type of money starting the very beginning of last year. So um, it kind of makes sense that he's transitioned out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's really cool to, to see him result. And I got him correct. I, I correctly guess predicted you the did. winner. I was going to um, congratulate you on that. And also the fact that um, he's your countryman as well. So keep your stick on the ice and all that. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy days. So you did. You got the double there. So well done. You must have been quite proud on the day. Yes. Uh, we'll go eat some uh, poutine, and uh, we'll. I don't know. We'll do some Canadian stuff. For those of us that aren't in the know, what what is poutine? Poutine is oh, okay. I've, I've it's just fries with gravy and cheese curds. Okay. It sounds alright. I could eat that. Yeah, the it's cheese kind of melts kinda... on the fries, and you get this like thick gravy sauce. Yeah, it's great. It's There's uh, definitely guilt afterwards. I, I got oh, off the plane it is, and it is... thrown into a poutine at the Blue Jays within about half an hour of landing, and uh, <laughs> I didn't know what had hit me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah, you're running to the washroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's. Uh, yeah, I, I guess great tournament. I think production, everything. I think the reveals are also very fun. A lot of times at the end of the tournament, you just kind of have an ending. But this one, it ends. You see the winner, and then the reveals happen. So it's a, it's a nice kind of little, uh, yeah. little Easter. Or people stick around because of it, right? Can I just add as well with yes. with the random nature of it, and the fact that um, Viper had done so well in the previous three, and on the back of you know not, not a bad year, but you know people are starting to catch up. It's not a, such a foregone thing. I was were a little bit worried that it could have gone gone down with a bit of a whimper, but I think there really is a justice in the fact that. He played well and he played against the eventual champion Hera. So it's not like he got uh, shocked by some ridiculous Huang rush in the, the last 16. And it was a bit of a bit of a, a shock fluke thing. It was it was done properly and the, the baton's almost been passed on and he can't have any complaints. And, you know, the world is not 
you know, it feels like um, it's almost like unified the belts, if you like. Because <laughs> and he knocked out the top players and he kind of, it, it felt like, um, you know, it was done properly and there's, there's nothing left for us to worry about. Oh, well, you know, if Viper didn't do this or if he didn't crash or if he didn't leave that hole in that wall in that other side of the draw, what would have been? Um, we actually got to see that. So I'm quite happy that that happened. For sure. Any, yeah, any, any final takeaways from you, Egg? Before we talk about the actual final? Well, let's talk about the final. If you want, you can talk about the final. That's the hype, man. Uh, as I say, it was great. I think there's a lot going for it. Um, the first, the first map was pretty interesting, which is the Bulgarian Aztec matchup. Okay. Yeah. And I would actually generally favor Bulgarians here. Like, so Mezosivs are really, really strong in this game. Um, mm. But Bulgarians, because they get kind of the free militia line, right? Counter them quite well. So that deals with the Eagles. Mm. And so we thought a very strong, but I think very even game, kind of going all, all the way to the distance, all the way to Imperial Age. For me, that was like, a, I really enjoyed that matchup. Um, obviously, second game, where I think we touched upon the second game, right? <laughs> Which is the Islands game. <laughs> and I think it's a very unusual draft from Hera where he picked Vietnamese. No. Or Vietnamese, yeah. Didn't he control uh, this game in the beginning and then it completely fell apart? Yeah, he was winning. Yeah. And you shouldn't be winning with Vietnamese. Uh, it's not a water <laughs> sieve. And I think he actually said in the interviews afterwards that he just forgot to draft a water sieve. <laughs> well, it's because he kind of he goes for the Bulgarians, but be, you're never going to go first pick Bulgarians because no one else will, and you'll always be one sieve down. So I think he tries to go for that, which is important to him right at the end, and I think that clouded his judgment, didn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I, I think he just knew that he wasn't going to play Islands, really, because he's not a water player. So he's <laughs> he just... going to kind of concede it. He was probably surprised yeah. he was winning. <laughs> yeah, this I think he was, yeah, entire... genuinely. and he But he played a weird strat, so... He played Vietnamese, which makes you think they're going to land you because that's the only, because you can't compete on water. And Jordan was so in anticipation of the landing that he got like town watch early. He built loads of outposts on his island and there's nothing. He, he wasn't going for that. He just played galleys. And so he actually managed to take the advantage, right? But then there's this stupid sieve called Portuguese. That <laughs> yeah, get stupid this, sieve. They get a special building called a Feitoria. Right, yeah, Which gives you free and infinite res forever. Wait, and islands infinite... is a map. What does it give you? Sorry, I, I it actually... gives you a trickle of resources forever. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah, so well, faster than others, I think. But yeah, which everything. is excellent for island maps <laughs> because on islands the resources run out. Yeah, and usually it ends in a stalemate or something along those lines. But as, as Portuguese, you just have to survive, and if you survive, you win. Do you know what? I loved the first maybe 45 minutes of this match. And then for me, it was like an actor breaking the fourth wall by looking straight at you. Do you know, are you aware of that concept? Like they look straight at the camera, then all of a sudden you realize they're an actor and you don't feel like you're watching. It breaks your immersion, right? It breaks it. it Yeah. So you had this amazing battle of brains. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you're on islands. Resources will run out. It becomes this real technical logistical <laughs> ridiculousness in which the best player who is on top with a ridiculously underpowered sieve in the context which should be commended uh just basically gets starved out on a technicality it's almost like a coding issue we, we sort of had to just sit there and just watch for 
25 minutes is, is we're literally watching trebuchets um worrying about which tile they were on because that was the whole match was hinging on that and for me it just it broke that and it made me kind of think i just my dislike of team island of island sorry has turned into a, a hatred it i didn't feel it was befitting of the um of the occasion but the actual quality of the play was to, to be but, fair I, I feel like this is definitely another part that um you know i'm definitely not familiar with i'm sure egg is a lot more familiar with when it comes to civ matchups in, in specific scenarios right um but i think it is part of the game right drafting it and choosing the appropriate civ so um no it is know. but that's the but the, the complaints not about the vietnamese picket the, the complaints about portuguese and that it just has this mechanic where you can just you it's the only civ that can build a building that gives you resources forever. Every other civ will run out of resources on islands. But this civ, you just have to wait. Now, that's just a stupid way to win a game. That's not what people want to watch, is that your winning strategy is just to wait your opponent out. <laughs> and also, I've seen it happen where whereby people say, okay, cool, early imp, let's lob down two or three Fatorias. And then all of a sudden they get landed and they're like pop caps by about 55. And they've got no way of like churning out any military to... Um, sort of stave off what is a very like a hard counterable opposition. It it seems to just be so unwieldy that it can actually screw you over as well. And I don't see that as a positive thing to balance it out. I just think it's a total broken kind of out of balance, ridiculous thing. But hey ho. No, I enjoy it. Let, let's have the uh, let's have the Chris rant as a segment of yeah, the, ab- absolute segment of the podcast. Rant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continuing on, uh, game number three here. So this was on. I don't know what this map is called, but it kind of has like mudflow. Yeah, your town center is. In, oh, it's mudflow. Your town center is like in a pit of water, which honestly, terrible, terrible engineering. Um, <laughs> there's all this land around. We're we're gonna put our building in the marshes. Hey, this um, is what tw- in 2050. This is what the world will look like with global warming. You know. <laughs> wow! Wow! The uh, yeah, Age of Empires foretolds foretolds our uh, perilous fate um so yeah uh this one i guess it for me it kind of boils down to Hera just you know overrunning a little bit with cap uh and it, it seemed like just outplaying in general did you find any any interesting things in this particular game either of you well i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna make a statement and that i would say it was an early gg from jordan it was a lot closer than you thought it was well he resigned with about he resigned when he was 10 villages ahead with a castle that was going to go up and he called it because he kind of lost a fight arguably in order to get the castle up but the castle was going to go up so the castle wasn't a doubt castle and he had a 10 villager advantage Mm. hard to know that i guess i can't remember what the score was like at the time um was it so it was a it was a a big score difference so i think it was about a 1k score difference which is big but the score doesn't necessarily reflect the actual situation of the game it's like just yeah. like an indicator yeah. right it depends yeah. for example if you scouted more of the map you have a bigger score yeah exactly. i don't so what i'm looking at here i don't think he had an advantage like let's be clear i don't think he had an advantage but i think there is definitely a point that you're saying that this i don't game think was... he was winning mm-hmm. right but it might be 20 percent win rate it might be thirty percent win rate, but it's not enough that you would you wouldn't for the prize money at stake. Yeah. You cockroach it out, don't you? Yeah, you, you just you play it out, 
and then you take your chances for this amount of prize money. And, and to be honest, though, I did feel a bit of quit in Jordan. And I don't know if that's the number of games he's played, the, the timing of when he had to play them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was very easy. He was a bit quick to throw in the towel. Well, I was going to say, we've all had those games where you might be a bit tired or you've kind of slept, walked into it a bit and you've got a very clear strategy in your head and you just don't... Maybe he was quite clear in what he wanted to do and was just aware that that had maybe kind of ended with, with the the battle that he lost, as you said, and maybe he just couldn't... He knew in his own head that he wasn't going to be mentally dexterous enough to kind of turn it round. He, he just wasn't coming to him at that moment, whereas other games you've got much more fight about you and you're kind of like, okay, plan B, let's crack on. Maybe he just knew that heart of heart, he was... He, he, he just kind of w- almost woke up the wrong side of bed with that particular circumstance. Um, I've certainly had that. To Egg's but, um, point, I, I think uh, in this particular case, what I would say is if you're quitting on a game like that, right, like there's a good chance that you're already so exhausted that the other games are not going to go. Like you might, I, I think there is a certain, I don't know if quit's necessarily the right word um, because I will say definitely in, in, in specifically esports or, or video games, right? I think like just mental tiredness is very different, right? Than, than physical yeah. exhaustion. You know, like when I associate quit, I think like you're trying to overcome physical exhaustion. But in these games, sometimes your brain is just done. Your brain is just like, I'm too tired to think. It's not like you can will it to. <laughs> to no, uh, yeah. it could be tactical, right? You could mm-hmm. be like, right, I haven't got the best chance to win this game. I'd rather conserve my now limited mental mm. energy for the games that I can actually win. Mm. So that, that's, a, yeah. that's another way of looking at it. But for me it was an earlier GG than we've seen. Yeah. And it kind of foretold, I think, a little bit of what was going to happen. You do get games where you see players that are clearly going to lose, but then they just hang in there for the sake of it. It's usually early in in a series, and it's almost them just saying, do you know what? I'm just going to use this to warm up my fingers, and I'm just going to throw some things out there. You've clearly hammered me in this game, but I'm just going to take a few few battles off you. I might raid your eco. I'm going to just do a few things just to have you like dent your sort of lasting memory of it. And I actually quite enjoy seeing that on the, on the opposite side, but definitely a lot of psychology because your psychology and your mental capacity to, to play live in the, the same little box in your head, don't they? So it's very difficult when there's a physical quitting and, and then the kind of mental motivational aspects. I will say, yeah, I will say regardless. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if if you end it early, it also kind of helps Hera, right? So it's also kind of yeah. weird thing where it's like you might want to give yourself, even if you're not playing too seriously, you give yourself like five minutes to 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 maybe focus a little less, but give your brain a little bit of a break. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's continue on to game number three in here. Uh, did you? F- uh, I I don't know. I don't think we'll have time to recap every game in particular. Uh, did game number three? Oh, sorry, game, game four on Cup. Game four. Sorry. Uh, is game four stick out to you? Is there anything that you feel either of the players could have done differently? Um, this is like the weird. There's one unit. Marshall. There's one <laughs> unit that I'm thinking about. Yeah, demos was it? Uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking about Kelt Paladin. Oh, of course, yeah, the McPaladins. Yeah, that was that was amazing, wasn't it? Um, so this was. Uh, I suppose you call it a big brain moment for <laughs> Hera. This was an outplay, whereas obviously you're yeah. expecting from Kelt. You're expecting infantry, aren't you? Um, yeah, so Jordan prepped yeah. champion. 
which makes sense. Well, I think maybe he only got to 200 Torsman, but he was going for champion. And to deal with that, Hera went for Kelp Paladin. Now, Kelp Paladin are funny because they don't get bloodlines. And <laughs> which is a really important tech. So like generally speaking, you if a sieve doesn't get bloodlines, you don't go cavalry with them. It's just bad. Yeah. Um but in I've this got... case it was sorry, go ahead, Chris. Sorry, yeah, I've just got a few few thoughts on this. I guess my my major takeaway from it is we tend to evaluate each kind of um civilization and units kind of match up based on how they all compare against each other. So it's easy to sort of to think, oh yeah, this this unit is awful because there are twelve other units, twelve other civs that have better versions of it in the game. Um, so yeah, of course you'd write off a Celt Paladin conventionally, but ultimately the the unit being the unit that it is, I mean most of the bonuses are just plus ones or twos here or there. A Paladin is a very strong unit, and it's I just feel it's um tactically a bit of a blind spot for most people in that we we kind of evaluate units um you see a sieve you see what they should go into ideally but ultimately a paladin is a paladin and that is that is pretty pretty strong and i know bloodlines is incredibly it, important but it's um if you look at the the pure numbers in a money ball kind of sense which Hera sort of seems to have done a paladin is is pretty strong and it, it can get a job done and uh, to, um, to that point you I never think... expect it I think also because the opponent would expect you not to go it. That's what makes it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big brain moment. Yeah. 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 It was pretty inspired. And yeah, I I just think maybe with my own game, I'm going to start thinking less kind of the scoffing. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Never going to do that. It's an archer sieve. Why bother doing this, that or the other? Um, Well, as long as you're not, why not? As long as both the players are not going for the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, Yeah. So, so that, yeah, you felt that changed the tide very much, uh, Egg. Uh, that 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 play, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna continue on. Just just yeah, I'm trying to keep keep it concise. Uh, next game, we're on this. I like to call it the trench, uh, but it's actually called slopes. Um, I like the trench. That's a good that's a good enough description for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can you can kind of think of that. Both of you are in the trench, and uh, hilarity ensues. Is is one way of putting it. Um, this one, what I think this map does very well, it allows a lot of small skirmishes, um, and both the players kind of led to that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any any other big takeaways as to why Hera. Uh, I, th- I felt Jordan was really tired, and you, I, think, you think at this Hera point, had a determination. Like I don't know if you saw, there was one point where he was microing his eagle really, <laughs> really hard against the top pond of uh, of Jordan. And I just oh, felt yeah. Jordan losing the world to live. Is that the one where Jordan was he Khmer and he was he hid in a house and then he, he had some poor little sucker kind of running away from his house with a fish in his arms trying to get back to his base? Was it that one? Uh, he was trying to save a villager for ages. I in a house. No, so the matchup like... was Mayans versus Indians on this. Uh, okay, so the Hera with the Eagle Scout, and it was just yeah. you pick Indians because there's lots of fish and you got the pond yeah. at the top, so you send your vills there and you get a nice food yeah. boost, but. Harrow's just super microing hard this eagle in Dark Age against the the Vils, and I just I felt Jordan, as I said, I felt he was tired, and he didn't he didn't really uh, didn't really want to play, and then it just kind of uh, it ended up being so Indians typical so Mayans always go archers, they're really good, so as Indians you know that you go light cav because you don't get knights, 
-hmm. and the light cav get the plus one armor. That was a recent change. So their light cav are really good against archers. But the big brain thing is that the Mayan player knows the Indian player is going to go light cav and he goes eagles. And it was kind of eagles into a castle drop into just calling it. I think Uh, so. Heron did this almost two games in a row, right? This kind of like expectation versus what he actually does. Yeah, he's re- so obviously yeah he's thinking about the convention. He he's playing in a way where he knows Jordan will pick a unit that counters the conventional strategy of that sieve, and then picks a unit that would counter that unit. If that makes sense. And I think regardless, because of the fact that Jordan did kind of feel tired, maybe Hera was having an inkling that um, you know this kind of play, like he's not going to think past the most basic counter. <laughs> um, yeah, and I. That could be also really frustrating if you're tired and you just want to play the game and you're like, this is a general thing that should work. And then the person keeps kind of being tricky. You're like, Ugh, I don't want to think about this. Um, yeah. And any, any other things, Chris, to add? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just going to say this, this map's really been growing on me seeing it more and more because um, it feels like an arena, not, not arena, the map, but um, it's, it's, it's very much an enclosed space. It's, mm. it's long, long and uncomplicated and you've got some very clear, sort of strategic you got the sort of it's divided into channels really isn't it going towards your opposition and there's clear areas where you know they're going to be or or might not be um but there's quite a few ways you can go about it and they've, they've also balanced this map I, I believe previously um it was a little bit fish heavier but they tweaked it to mean that there were less fish in the ponds and more deer out there so Wait. still millable still exploitable to more sieves than just the indians really i i don't know if you're talking about the same map chris <laughs> Really? Uh, we're talking about slopes currently, the trench. But uh, I guess I guess yeah, the trench would imply yeah. water, so I may have confused you. No, there's a, the, there's at the top of the at the top of the slopes, either side okay. of the player's base, yeah. there's a pond with yeah, some fish and some deer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even. Okay, my bad. Yeah. I, I'm completely oh, lost no, here. Was well, so where there was more before yeah. in the previous version. Um, I think yeah, I think previously those ponds were a little bit fish heavier, mm. but now they've they've sort of balanced no, them out. No, actually, I think the previous balance of the game was it it was a, it was one pond one side, deer the other. Okay, I'm slowly starting to see lines. them now. Yeah, I'm slowly starting to see them now. I, I'm watching the vod as as or rewatching the vod as we're doing this. I'm just trying to figure out uh, where these ponds are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of takes away. I, I think. Uh, Harris trickery plus you know Jordan being a little tired is, is kind of can chalk up that final. So, uh, as you said, the Viper versus Harris series is probably far closer and far more, um, I guess, entertaining. You know, uh, f- far more back and forth. Uh, so in my really, in my heart, it was the final. It was the final. That 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 happens sometimes where the semifinals feels like the finals. Um, and that's Do you know what, guys? Yeah, I'm going to make you both very jealous. Um, I didn't actually get to watch this, so. I, of course, I know the result, but I am going to probably find some time to watch. kick back with a beer and watch <laughs> Hera versus Viper. Nice, nice. Um, that, that sounds that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I've still got that in the bank, so I'm quite happy about that. Well, there you go. Uh, I, hopefully, that's a good recap for uh, the finals that happened uh, and all the all the uh, the full Hidden Cup tournament. Um, one last thing I'd like to talk about on the show this week. I know we're nearing the hour mark, which we like to stay around. We don't like to go too far over. Um, I'd like to actually mention something that is happening April 10th. Do you, have either of you have heard of what is possibly happening April 10th? 
I'm clearless. Uh, is oh. it two pools? So uh, April 10th, there is the Age of Empires fan preview broadcast, which will be. I have, I have, I've, I've set a reminder for that actually in my calendar. So yeah, it'll be on ageofempires.com, Twitch, Facebook Live, and the Xbox YouTube channel. Uh, and there is, you know, a new look at Age of Empires four gameplay civs campaigns, um, and some other stuff that they have not yet announced. So um, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, yeah, they've also said. Um, there will be some kind of digital event as well. Uh, so they're, they're set to announce something. Maybe we'll finally have a date for Age of Empires 4. Uh, yeah, the, the big takeaway is April 10th, there is a big event uh, happening and Age of Empires 4 is announced. So what, what excited? Or Sorry, something with Age of Empires 4 is happening. <laughs> we don't know exactly what, but it will be dropped April 10th. So any excitement around that, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think uh, compulsory viewing definitely. I kind of want to get involved, see see what I can see. Um, I am forever a skeptic though. It's probably because I'm an old headed doubt style crusty, and I'm from old school Age of Empires, well into my thirties. I've seen a lot of games come into this genre that are pretty amazing, visually, graphically, 3D engines, all this, and they've always let me down. It's always been directly proportional or inversely proportional to the quality of the gameplay. So I'm actually, the more fancy graphics I see, um, the more I see that as an opportunity for lag or sort of smoke screens over the gameplay. So I, I like Egg said, I believe the other week, I would be hoping for uh, AOE 2DE, maybe 2.4 or 2.6 or something rather than a, a full-on reinvention with all the, the kind of, shadows and fog and and sort of graphical smoothness um but no i'm here to be impressed i've got a very low expectation bar which is probably good yeah and i mean i think you know one thing i'll always talk about and we can probably talk about this on the next show is how um you, you know if if we're making this fourth game and the only people that play it are people that play aov2 already then it's it's cool it's nice That's we'll play it for a bit and then it'll go yeah. away right um if they can have a game that can actually translate to younger players i think that would be the the kind of the kind of big thing can you get new players or players that don't play age of empires to play this new game that's that's the audience that's the most kind of question mark about it right and if they can't get that audience then you might as well just keep making expansions for the second game exactly i completely agree really nobody likes them you know the people who claim to have found the band first and any new albums after they got popular were awful music i don't want to be that kind of um negative nancy who's set in the dark ages beg the pun um so obviously <laughs> this game has got to got to go out to to the wider gaming world it's not just for us but um certainly we, we're gonna have a bit of an advanced eye over how it compares to what we've got in uh age of empires 2 at the moment but um yeah I'm, I'm here to be impressed with a suitably low low bar so um yeah we'll see how we get on for sure for sure Okay, so I think, uh, yeah, we'll announce at the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Tell people about the show if you want to support us. Uh, we'll be back after April 10th, so I imagine the week after April 10th uh, we'll, we'll be back to talk about that announcement. I think that's a, that's a plan of action, so that'll be in a couple weeks. Sounds uh, good. Thanks for being on, Chris. Thanks, Egg, who has disappeared into the ether. Uh, probably some internet thing, uh, but no worries. Um, I will see all of you. Uh, yeah, we'll see. we'll see everyone next time on the show. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.